this episode of What's the Hazard is being brought to you by these incredibly generous true believers in workplace safety and health. And I am truly grateful for their support. Custom Concrete Specialists, CCS Group, and Cheyenne Wolford. My buddy Jim Cover down at the Nebraska Department of Labor on-site consultation group. Jim and all of his consultants. John Falowich and Falowich Construction Services. And our latest sponsor, Building Omaha. Building Omaha is a partnership between the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, the IBEW, and the National Electrical Contractors Association, NECA. They pair highly trained electrical professionals with industry contractors to ensure they're able to serve customers safely and effectively. Building Omaha, the partnership that powers our city. Learn more at buildingomaha.org. Thank you all. We appreciate your support. All right, now let's get into this episode. Uh, this is Doug Fletcher, and you are listening to What's the Hazard? Happy New Year. Uh, this is our podcast about workplace safety and health, about leadership, about any number of other things related. Especially when we're talking. <laughs> Especially it, does, where it's it has go. a tendency to take different directions <laughs> from time to time. Uh, it is January 7th, 2022. Um, hope you had good holidays, um, satisfying holidays. I know that holidays are kind of... Different from time to time, uh, as were mine, but, you know, hopefully the year is starting off on a good foot and uh, things are going well for you. Nice. This is my buddy Aaron Cerrone. For those of you who have never seen an Aaron Cerrone before. Making my screen debut. <laughs> this is what Aaron Cerrone looks like. I know you've been listening to him for two years. Now, this is, according to Cam, the yeah. producer. Thank you, Cam. Happy New Year, buddy. This is episode number 100. Congrats, man. Yeah, that's pretty good. 100. It's like, a, it's like a small business. They usually yeah. all cr- crash and burn, but... Uh, I forgot we are going to be on camera. I had done my hair today. Like, I completely forgot <laughs> you were videotaping at this point. Yeah, this is relatively new. So if you are listening and you want an opportunity to actually watch, you can go to YouTube. Just go to What's the Hazard Podcast on YouTube and check it out. And uh, and then uh, go down the YouTube rabbit hole that we all do. Exactly. And then in three days when you come back out of there... You go to watch Doug and end up... Finding Godzilla somewhere yeah, or something. No That's doubt, how it man. usually but, works. <laughs> yeah, listen, watch, whatever whatever uh, media works best for you, but we appreciate it. Uh, and we do hope you're having a good start to the new year. Um, man, a lot of exciting things this year. With the uh, addition of YouTube, we are planning on doing some show-and-tell stuff where we can bring some stuff in and show you a little bit about that. Got some fall protection guys lined up with some new technologies that I think you'll find interesting. Any number of different things. We're kind of doing a kind of a show-and-tell feature. Nice. So uh, the guests can just, you know, show us what they use, what they might, tools they might use in the practice of safety and health, whatever. Um, everyday carry stuff, whatever you might consider you that. Um, we're hoping to get into some facilities, get onto some sites, and actually look at safety and health practices in play, you know, in, in effect. And I, I think that would be very exciting. So... You know, I mean, I think 2022 is going to be an exciting year for expanding the podcast a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and our uh, our certification is coming. Yes, and well, our you've done your part, man. management certification. Yeah, yours is coming it's along coming much better than mine. But I think, yes, within the next quarter or so, hopefully within the next six months, 100%. that is going to be up. So we are providing you a uh, safety and health leadership certification opportunity, training, education, Probably some uh, hands-on activities and things like that where you can actually hopefully, you know, make no, some I'm pretty excited about it. I think I think we've got um, a good layout for modules, and it's just going to be like an online class where everybody can yeah. can get some safety, get the safety training uh, from Doug's side, get some management aspects from my side yeah. and leadership aspects, and it comes together to 
uh, create a nice working safely uh, certification that people can take back into their companies mm-hmm. and, and apply. People tell me, continue, I, I did, I've done some presentations already this year, uh, earlier this week, we did some programs for a few companies, and to a company, they tell me that they are really hungry for leadership information, which is why you you, you are kind of the leadership leadership sage for our group. And, uh, <laughs> we use that term loosely. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, man. No, actually... Yeah. That's not true. You are. And uh, we appreciate that. It, it, I think it's really the missing piece to this puzzle. You know, it's easy for us to describe the regulations and talk in technical terms, how you implement safety and health programs, but the leadership piece is such a critical piece. Without that, these things never make it. These programs not never. Not very long anyway. They don't make yeah. them for very long. That's exactly right. So I do want to thank sponsors, supporters, Guests and listeners, thank you all for what you've done for the first 100 episodes. Uh, your generosity just blows me away. I, I'm really grateful for everybody that's contributed. One thing I would like to add, though, is more questions. We welcome questions. So now you, you can email me questions, Doug, at FletcherSafety.com. Send me your questions via email. You can put up comments, I believe, onto the YouTube page. And we will check those periodically. If you do have questions, you can put them on YouTube. Is is Camp nodding his head or are you shaking his head? He's not paying attention. Is at that all. possible though? I think you can yes, put comments can. on those yeah, things. So <laughs> we would love to entertain your questions, whether they are regulatory or practical or what, whatever the whatever the situation is. But got a lot of guests with a lot of experience, and I think and that would be a great else, way. It helps us uh, context what you're thinking and, exactly. and allows us to. Um, position information to, to best answer uh, your needs and, and the things you guys are, you know, it's one thing for us to sit back and, and, and talk theory, mm-hmm. uh, talk concepts and, and talk applying those, but um, we're not out in the field everywhere. I mean, we are in the field, but we're not out everywhere. Right. So, um, you know, you guys, I see you guys loosely that are, are things are happening on the fly. Things are happening in real time um, that, we maybe have That's an experience. Right. Maybe no one else has an experience, and they're all, right. they're all learning opportunities and, and lessons learned for us to be able to, to share with everybody and then answer questions and then maybe provide some tools to address those that, you know, other people listening are going, oh, wow, we, we had that same thing that. happen. You know, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, we could apply that to us I don't too. think there's anything, as my friend uh, Elvis Costello told me one time, there's no such thing as, as an original sin, you know. I don't think That's there fair. are any original problems. I, if you were struggling with something, if you've got challenges, I guarantee you someone else is dealing sure. with those same challenges. So, yes, by all means, send us your questions. We would love to go go down that path. Um, the only current event news that I want to share is that today is January 7th, and the Supreme Court of the United States of America is hearing arguments today about OSHA's emergency temporary standard for vaccinations, testing, and masking. Those arguments are being heard today. And as it is currently scheduled, this ETS is on. It's a go. You know, the Supreme Court didn't put a stay on it until they heard the arguments. It is a go. So as of Monday, January 10th, you will have to have, if you have 100 or more employees in your organization, you have to have your program in place for vaccinations, testing, and masking. And by February 9th, I believe is the date, you have to have your testing program and protocol in place and be doing your 
every seven-day testing of the unvaccinated employees in your workplace. So this is a big deal, man. I, I don't know that in my lifetime or my safety career, the Supreme Court has ruled on any OSHA stuff. Um, uh, it's, it's monumental uh, when you think about it. It is monumental. And, and it's it's a, man, it's, it's the, the government, you know, whether you want a conspiracy theory or not, we talk about this all the mm-hmm. time, you know, to what extent do you want the government being involved in business? The the, the, the the beauty of the free market and the open market is that it's not supposed to be messed with. That's why it works so well. Right. But we also acknowledge there is a place for OSHA. Absolutely. Right. And But yeah. to what extent is that place? And, and I think COVID aside, this case has bigger implications as far as the future of OSHA and the extent to which it will have influence. And I agree with that, Aaron. I, I think you're right, man. This is a big deal. Um, and then how do you manage that? Oh, my gosh. You know, how is... do you manage? Does does this fall under the safety program? Is this an HR thing? Like, where does this fall in a company as far as who's going to monitor this vaccination program? Who's going to monitor this now new COVID program? Oh, I, I mean, is that a safety issue? I could I could rationalize why that's how that's a safety issue. I could also see how that's an HR thing. Yeah, I could also both. see how, man, we might need to set up a whole new department for this. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. That's an interesting point. And you mentioned, I mean, I, I was an OSHA employee for almost 20 years, and I believe that in OSHA's mission, certainly the mission of protecting workers is a noble, righteous it's mission. Fair. Yeah. But, you know, to what extent should OSHA intervene in your workplace to make you do that? Um, we could argue that for indefinitely, probably. So it's you know? blue in the face and we, still not have could. an answer. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I, I have seen with my own eyes that when OSHA is less active, there are some employers that tend to take safety less seriously. Others, you know, there are employers who realize this is an important part of their business model, their strategy. Sure. And so they're not going to back off of it. But, man, you know, you get out in, like, western Nebraska, as I've mentioned, and OSHA's just a rumor out there, man. They don't, <laughs> you know, maybe they'll do a little safety here and there, maybe well, it's not. It's kind of like uh, when you're growing up, like like when dad's watching, you act a certain way. When the parents are gone, you yeah. act a certain way. I have to admit to that myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right, Absolutely. wrong, or indifferent. It just, yeah. it just is. I know. And uh, at that point, you don't, you have not realized that, these things are in your best interest. You are getting away with something, and, man, that that is the case in some situations when OSHA is less active from an enforcement standpoint. I, I, would, I would imagine, I would hope that a lot of businesses, especially the larger companies, this, this is really going to affect the larger companies. Right, yes. Um, the most are, are probably watching this like a hawk. I always find it funny they're listening to arguments. It's not a discussion. It's an argument, mm-hmm. right? It's like, can't we just have a discussion <laughs> right. about it? No, we're arguing. But, so for those of you who this affects, you need to be paying close attention. Hopefully you've already got your programs in place because when this hits Monday, it hits. You're a bit late. You know, you're going to be late. Yeah, so if you need more information, the two resources that I use, uh, Baird Home, law firm here in town, Randy Stevenson, good friend of mine, probably the best labor law attorney in the area. They publish a really nice website, or at least a a posting on their website about all of this ETS COVID stuff, uh, as does uh, Eric Kahn out in D.C., Kahn, Maciel, Carey, another law firm that really pays close attention to this and publishes a lot of really useful information. So 
Check out Baird Holm. Check out Con Maciel. Stay on top of it. And, uh, man, I, good luck because it is uh, it's a real challenge. Sure. And here's what I would say from the management leadership side of it is this is going to be a big change for a lot of people. And if you just take this and just slap it on and it comes across the employees like this is something we have to do, we don't want to do it, we're mandated to do it, which, okay, may be true, but you have to be very careful to explain why this is happening. Um, Try to find the silver lining and why the government or why OSHA thinks we need to do this because regardless whether you agree with it or not, you still need buy-in from the employees to make this thing work because it'll be a disaster otherwise. Um, You need them to support it. You need them to buy into it. You need them to willingly participate, not begrudgingly participate, because then they will find ways to get around it, and then Mm -hmm. you're going to have a bigger mess on your hands when OSHA does come in and swing the stick. That's a good point. So, you know, find the silver lining as, as a safety professional, as a leader and the manager. Okay, great. We don't like this. We acknowledge that. We don't agree with it. That's fine. We acknowledge that. But the fact is we have to do it. So let's find a way to explain it to everybody. To, okay, why is this a good thing? Why we think it's important and why we should do this wholeheartedly yeah. and, and, and execute it with the effort that it needs and, yeah, and maybe it's, deserves. It's gonna require, yeah, um, and, and it's going to require everybody to get on board yeah. to be able to pull this off. Because for a lot of companies, this is going to be a major oh undertaking. Major. I mean, to, to, to test everybody every seven, seven some days. odd days and yeah. have masking requirements and mm-hmm. who's going to provide that stuff and, and the, the additional expenses that a company's going to have to incur and the staff they're going to have to dedicate to it. Um, this is not going to be an easy thing for some companies. Mm-hmm. Some companies could probably get away with one person handling it or, yeah. or making an additional duty for HR or the safety person, which is fine. Yeah. But as a safety professional, hey, are you bracing for impact? Are you going to be able to handle this additional duty? What's going to fall off potentially when you're now focused on doing all this COVID stuff? That's a really good point. Okay, if you're doing your daily walkthroughs like we always talk and you're on on boots on the ground and talking to people, hey, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So where's the time going to suffer? Wow. And how are you going to manage this? I didn't even thought of that, man, but you're absolutely right because it's going to be a very time- consuming especially initially yeah when you're getting it set up and yeah. you're going through those growing pains of figuring out how to do it because as as much as ocean the government says okay we have to do this they're not saying how mm-hmm. they're not telling anybody how to do it no they shy away from that right? they just tell you figure it out figure it out and uh yeah you know you said something about you know find the silver lining in this and um i know that's challenge that's gonna be challenging for a lot of folks. But one thing that we usually turn to when we talk about working safely is the impact on the family. You know, if you know, you come to work every day and you get hurt, what impact does that have on your family? And maybe you can spin that with this too. We're trying to make sure that in the work environment, you're protected from exposures, you're not going to get the COVID, you're not going to bring this home to your family possibly. I, I don't know if that has legs, but it might be worth a try possibly. Well, and then one thing to consider too is with every program, there, there's gray areas and loopholes. And I, I know for a fact there are companies in town that, in, in the spirit of doing the right thing for their employees, would say, hey, if you come down with COVID, 
we want you to quarantine. Uh, you'll get paid leave while you're dealing with COVID. Well, what do you naturally think happens? Everybody's got COVID. People are testing left and right <clears throat> multiple times yeah. so they can sit at home and get paid. Right. So I'm not saying everybody's devious like that, but there will yeah. be people like there that. There are. Um, it's just like workman's comp. There are people that take advantage of workman's yeah. comp situations. Um, so as much as the safety person is there to keep everybody safe, they're also there to make sure that it's not being taken advantage of yeah. and, and um, applied incorrectly. So, you know, there's those aspects That's as well. challenge as well, man. Because unfortunately, with all of the other elements and, and pieces of this safety puzzle, you have to deal with that as well, like the, the fraudulent and that, claims. And that's a tough leadership thing because I mean, do you fire somebody because they claim COVID too many times? I mean, do you call bullshit on somebody? I'm like, you've had COVID seven times in the last two months. Right, right. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. now what do you look like? Oh, yeah. Well, and uh, I think that probably puts you in somewhat of an awkward position it legally. Is. And, you know. So, and, and from a leadership perspective, it's like, oh, now you don't care about your people? Yeah. Well, okay, I get it, right? So that, that's what I'm saying is is this, this is not just going to be a, a, hey, just let's slap it on and go type of a program like this is this is affecting a lot of people in a lot of different ways and to the point where now you're going to be intimately involved with your employees on a level you never were before yeah yeah really it it, it will require a lot of um i I think intimacy is the right word because you're going to have to be you know i mean there will be these these are sensitive topics well think about this there's not one manager listening to it'll be listening to this there's not one company that will be listening to this that can sit there and say, yeah, I do a health checkup with all my employees on a weekly basis. Yeah, that's true. Not, not a one. No. Not a not. one. You probably couldn't even tell me the last time your employee had a checkup at the doctor, let alone mm-hmm. did you mandate all your employees get a yearly checkup. Now you're going to check up on them every week? Yeah. And, and a pretty large shove a plunger up their nose every week? Yeah, right. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, that's going to be incredibly challenging. And it's going to be, <clears throat> as you said, it's going to be very nuanced, a little bit awkward, right. a little bit everybody. And I am by no means an authority on like HIPAA and all of that kind of stuff. But I know mm. that I've had clients contact me and say, my employees refuse to provide us their vaccination status. They think it's a HIPAA violation, that we have no business knowing those kind of things. And that's typically not the position OSHA has taken with regard to this. Sure. And I don't think that's what the ETS reads. But how do you convince an employee of that, that you're not overstepping your authority? Or I mean, this how, is and and I don't know the answer to this either. In, in the past, you know, if you work for me, Doug, and you call in sick, I, I don't have to tell everybody else what you had or right. why you're out. That's our, our confidential right. discussion. Hey, Doug's going to be out for a little while, and that's it. Uh, Doug's sick. That's it. Mm-hmm. I never had to tell him anything mm-hmm. more than that. Uh, yeah. Nor nor should I. And you really in some didn't cases. ask usually. You did didn't you? ask. Oh, Doug's out sick. I'm but now sick. is this one of those things like Doug's out, he had COVID, everybody. Mm-hmm. Who was around Doug? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say Doug's out, he has herpes. <laughs> I hope not. You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, I wouldn't divulge that. <laughs> Who's Why been around Doug? this all of a sudden? Yeah. Mm, he, he, right? I, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yes, don't, I don't, who's been around Doug that way? Oh, hopefully no one. But you, you get my point. It's, totally, it's like I wouldn't. Totally. Yeah, this is sensitive stuff and it's going to so require I, some. So as a manager, how do you, how do you manage that? How do you manage that information? How do you, what do you tell people? What, what do you hold back? 
you know, out, out, well, of, out, of respect for, out of respect for your privacy. Yeah. Do I want to announce what the hell, what's going on with you? Yes. But at the same time, is OSHA going to say, no, you have to tell everybody. Right. We had an anonymous employee test positive. An anonymous tip. Somebody had COVID. Yeah, in room, that right? has COVID, and they're no longer here. And there are 100 of us, and there are only 99 here. So I <laughs> Who's guess it's it? Doug, you know, or whatever. <laughs> right? You know, man. So. But, where does it, but I guess where does it stop at that point? As, as a manager, what I would want to know is, okay, I'm at the point now where I have to tell everybody when Doug has COVID. Well, what's next? What else should I tell them about Doug? Yeah. Doug's out. He's having marital problems. Doug's out. Uh, his girlfriend yeah. walked in, and his spouse was there at the same Like, Like, where does it, where does it stop at that <laughs> so, point? Man, you're painting a very I'm bad saying, picture of me. Uh, we've all been there. Come Herpes, on, come on. We've all been problems. There. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is yes. So, but and that's the things I think about yeah. from a leadership perspective. It's like, man, right. I gotta, I gotta navigate all this stuff now. Yeah. I gotta sit there and, and filter what. What information must be shared? What information must and be held? Balance back? confidentiality and, with the uh, greater good of the facility. Right, and, and then and then when when I do have to relay a message, how do I do that in a manner that's yeah not going to freak everybody out, not yeah. cause a mass walkout? Right. Oh, somebody had COVID. Oh, we're all leaving. Wait, yeah. whoa, that's not right. what I wanted. Okay, right. like now the whole floor is gone because. I didn't relay the message properly and panicked everybody and off they go. Um, Or they all demand to be tested right on the spot. Yeah. It'll be interesting to look back on this in six months and see how people have handled this. That would be an interesting discussion. Maybe we can get some feedback on that as as well at some point. How people have managed this program, what kind of success they had or failures and take a look at that. My suggestion to companies is meet often. Talk about it often. Have daily meetings to make sure. Are we all on the same page? Is this going down the path we think it's going? Yeah. Is anybody seeing anything? What are the grumblings? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because communication is going to be huge for this. Yeah, it is. I would and, agree. And and making sure that you are constantly there's going to be a lot of adjustment early on. Mm-hmm. And and so the the, yeah. the first few weeks, the first few months are going to be key to all this for a company, and that. You know, the implementation is not right. going to be clean. So just right. get that in your head now. This is not right. going to be clean. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of growing pains. So anticipate that. Yeah. And then have your leadership team meeting as early as you can. And then get your butt out on the floor and talk to people to find out what they're thinking and how they're viewing right. it and how it's impacting them so that you can make those adjustments earlier, right? It's always better to be proactive than reactive. Yeah. Stay on top of it early. Talk to people as much as you can early, right? Get their feedback. Find out what they're feeling, what they're thinking. How bad is it, to your point, how bad is this impacting them? Or is it, maybe it's like, ah, no big deal. You're like, okay, cool. Or maybe it's like, man, my wife's freaking out. My kids are freaking out. I'm getting tested all the time. They're wondering if they should be getting tested all the time. You know, they found out one guy was out with it. Now, am I going to have to go stay in a hotel room for five days? Yeah, it will will be interesting. We'll have to talk more about this. Hopefully, yeah, in six months, we'll do a little survey. We'll see what kind of feedback we're getting from folks that are implementing these programs. So, And I would say, from your perspective, if anybody out there is doing something that's working really well, share it with Doug. So we can get that information yeah, we'd be out. Happy to pass like, that along. Like if you're doing something that like, hey, we, this has been working great for us. Awesome. Let's get that out to everybody. 
I think the people that it's been working great for have been doing it all along. People with less than 50 employees. <laughs> Probably those people. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, I think that would be great information to share if anybody has a success story or an abject failure that you would like to share. And we can pass that along. Yeah, those are just as important. They are. So actually what I wanted to talk about, uh, other, other than going down that COVID rabbit hole that we always seem to spiral around i was on we were on vacation over the holidays and i know on multiple occasions we said we're not going to talk about covid we're kind of with my wife's family nobody talk about covid that would last for two three minutes but you're in california there's no way getting around it there's no getting around it man it was insane but what i want to talk about is resolutions um new years new opportunities resolutions first of all Personal resol- resolutions. Do you have any resolutions that that you are you a resolution guy? No, you know I'm always, I've always been kind of a a mini goal, series of short term goals kind mm-hmm. of person. Um, I, I found for me personally, if I set those long term goals, I lose sight of them quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more of a snowball effect kind of person mm-hmm. where I, I set little goals, mini habits, and that just that will grow and get me in the direction I okay. want to go because. You know, life throws you curveballs, things change, and then all of a sudden, you know, like you're off the path mm-hmm. of that long-term goal, and you, and you almost square peg around hole it sometimes to force yourself yeah. to go, and the answer isn't maybe that goal anymore. Right. Um, right. So I've always been more of a short-term um, kind of person. Like short-term, reevaluate. Live in the moment, you know, deal with yeah. what's happening in the moment. Um, I find for myself, like if I'm always setting those goals, I'm not paying attention to what's happening in front of me. Yeah. Um, and, and the shorter-term goals helps me do that. That absolutely um, relates to safety, man. I mean, I think people that are coming into the new year and they are setting goals for their safety programs and, you know, workforce working more sure. safely, and it's a little bit overwhelming. I need to do this, 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 and this, and that can be, you know, it's almost paralyzing. Right. Maybe it would be better to set, what? you know, short-term, maybe a little bit more realistic goals. I think before that, too, I think what's, what's more important is reflection. People always want to use the new year as a new beginning, new goals, rather than looking back and, and deciding what, what went well, what didn't go well. What do I want to avoid doing again? What do I want to replicate mm-hmm. and duplicate? Mm-hmm. Um, I just did that. You know, uh, one of my very close friends um, and, and, and longtime peers and coaches, we, we sat down, and it, it was long overdue. We had a long, tough conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, to one of those where you're both venting, you're both angry, mm-hmm. you're both putting crap out there that you've held on for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, that was more of reflecting and going, this is long overdue. I've needed to do this. There are problems that are existing that I haven't addressed because I stopped communicating with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that's more important. You Use the new year as an opportunity to look back and say, okay, what, what did we do well? What didn't we do well? What did I do well? Mm-hmm. And and yeah, let, let's have questions. let's eat some humble pie and say, what didn't I do well? More importantly, mm-hmm. and when you when you acknowledge what you didn't do well, now you can create that new goal and that new resolution. I like that to to rectify that or to avoid doing that again. Mm-hmm. Right, that's great. Um, and, and I think that's that's one thing that we as people, humans, especially companies, don't like to do. What aren't we doing well? Mm-hmm. What didn't we do well? Hey, we didn't handle that situation very well. Yeah. I didn't handle that employee very well. I got to be better about this. Man, that's a great point, man. We we And we oftentimes in the safety world, we tend to be 
focused on the numbers. You know, last year we had this many incidents. We had this many days away from work. I mean, we need those numbers. They're kind of mm-hmm. reactive numbers, but we need those numbers. But to some degree, what you're discussing, you're describing is, you know, the human relational part of some of this. You know, how did I handle that situation with that employer? How did I interact with my employees? Was I, you know, an asshole or was I, sure. you know, compassionate? Or sometimes those are tough questions to ask about, you know, how did I do personally? You, you know, one of the, sometimes it's perspective too. And, you know, one of the things we, we talked about last night were, you know, some people that left my gym, why did they leave? Mm-hmm. And I had one perspective and he had a completely different perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's, he actually made a great analogy. It's, you know, it's the elephant in the room game, right? Like you're seeing the book from your yeah. side. I'm seeing the book from this side. Yeah. We're both seeing the same book and we're both correct in what we're seeing, but we're seeing completely different things. You know, Interesting. when yeah. you look back, the employee thought one thing, I thought another. I said, go to hell, you're fired. And they're like, and you're both correct. Yeah. But you didn't have the proper discussion to understand that. And and when you look back, I'm, I'm sure every, every manager's had that instance where you, you truly did handle somebody incorrectly, but in your mind, you were right, they were wrong. Sure. So you yeah. didn't handle it correctly. Mm-hmm. But did you? Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's hard for me, you know, one of the things I forced myself to do last night when I was talking with this person was, was to listen and, and just let them go and, and take it, take in as much as I could, because, um, my perspective was different from theirs and the context was different mm-hmm. and right, wrong or indifferent. No, neither of us was more right than the other. Neither of us was more wrong than the other. We were just coming at it, coming at it from completely different angles. Yeah. And because we hadn't talked about it periodically like we used to, it was one of those things where this person and I used to talk all the time. But life and things change and sure. and, and a space develops between you and this mm-hmm. person. And then you don't realize you're not talking as much. You don't realize that your relationship has drifted mm-hmm. until all of a sudden you're like, you're effed up. No, you're effed up. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of, and then it takes one of us to go, okay, hold on. Time out. Yeah. We, we need to sit down over a beer and, and get back on the same page. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a, it's a tough discussion. Nobody likes to do it. Right. Right. It, it's, it's like family. Like who's the first person you always take for granted. It's always family and friends. You don't do it on purpose, but it's that person who's that person's always been there for me, so I'm going to assume they're always going to be there. And then all of a sudden, two years later, you look around, you're like, where the hell did they go? Because mm-hmm. yeah. you made assumptions about each other, and and you drifted. Right. And, and I promise you there are employers and employees where that's happening to. Yes. You got this kick-ass employee who's always been there, always dedicated, and, and you, you just take them for granted. Not, not on purpose, not maliciously. Mm-hmm. You just naturally do. Then all of a sudden you turn around and they're jaded, pissed off, and leaving. Right. They don't require your attention like the, the problem children. Correct. And so you the, just the become needy complacent kids. with that right. relationship, and all of a sudden they're dissatisfied or they're leaving or they turn in their notice. And, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, man. Um, so that brings me to my hypothetical because – you know, my question is about resolutions that companies should be making at the start of the year. I, I love the reflection. What did we do right? What did we do wrong? But what about I'm the I'm a safety I'm a manager, not necessarily even a safety person. I'm a manager of my company, and I know I can do better. You know, what kind of things should I be thinking about? I think 
communication, as you just described, is key. But what do I do? I, I know I need to be a better communicator. What, what should I do? Well, I think the big thing is for, for any leader, look in the mirror first. And then ask yourself, okay, am I a better leader manager today than I was a year ago? If the answer is, I don't know, well, okay, there's there's an answer right there. If the yeah. answer is, oh, yeah, I'm definitely better, and then ask yourself, okay, what's telling me this? Okay, one indicator could be our incident rate is down. One indicator could be that, hey, everybody understands the direction of the safety program and can articulate it to me. Um, I have a great relationship with everybody throughout the company that I can walk the floor, and they're openly giving me information. Mm-hmm. Right. But if on the flip side, you're like, am I a better leader than I was like, yeah, I go, well, what's telling you? And you can't walk the floor and people are bringing you ideas or people are happy to see you. Mm -hmm. Right. Or people cringe when you walk in the door. It's kind of like, okay, do you really have the indicators? Right. And then and then then you go from there. It's like, okay, okay, what what do I need to fix? I need to eat some humble pie. Um, I need to start having better conversations with people. And I think that's part of the reflection piece. But you got to start with yourself first mm-hmm. and then look at the program and that's a and great then, and then point. extend out from there. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Look at yourself first. You know, when you're looking at the program and the implementation, the effectiveness of your program, I don't know that I know of many safety professionals, certainly who look at themselves first. Well, I mean, let's be honest. That's a, that's and, a really and, and, big and, statement. And I'm, I'm no, I'm not immune to this. We're, we're all screwed up. We are, all of us, we think our first indication is we're right and everybody else is wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to stop yourself sometimes and, and go, okay, I screwed that up. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. I need to shut up and listen to them because I might be wrong. Or if I'm thinking this, they're probably thinking the same thing about mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, just in general. Yeah. And, and you know how it goes, man. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. If I'm sitting here thinking the program is great, it's firing all cylinders, it's probably not. Right. I would agree. You know what I mean? No There's question. stuff going yeah. on that's probably messed yeah. up that I'm just not asking the right question or I don't know the question to ask. Well, that's a good point, too. I saw something not too long ago, and uh, someone was asked. It was kind of a survey about how do you make your program more effective, and one of the responses was just – Ask better questions and listen. 100%. And I think that's probably a good resolution. Um, You know, reflect first. Have an honest reflection. And when I say reflection, don't do it with yourself. But then ask somebody you trust, hey, man, being honest, how did I do this year? Mm -hmm. And and do, you know, what I I like to call a 360 peer review. Mm -hmm. Ask somebody you directly work with. Ask your boss. Then ask somebody out of your department or organization. Mm Hey man, how do you think I've been doing? And, and get get their honest feedback. You might get three different answers, and you might go, "Wow, I didn't realize I was doing this, or I didn't realize I was bad at this." Or if this person has this impression, the other people probably do. And I would start there. You know, do that self reflection, do like a three sixty peer review, and, and then and then branch out for there. But I think one one good goal I think for everybody, for every leader, is to ask yourself. Do you have a great relationship with everybody you interact with? Especially the safety person, because safety is like HR. It's that department that transcends all areas of the company. Right. Can you go to any job site? Can you walk the floor and 
do people know who you are? Are they willing to talk to you? Can you walk up and just start shooting a shit with somebody and they're happy to talk to mm -hmm. you? I think that's a great first goal because everything will spawn from that as far as the success of your safety program. And if the answer is, no, I don't know, 75% of the people in the company, okay, you probably need to fix that. So that's something you can work or on. Or people cringe when I walk in a room. That's probably something you need to work on. Right. But it gives you something to work on and something sure. tangible, something that could potentially be beneficial. And I for mean, a lot of people, it's going to force you to get out of your comfort zone. Right. I, I need to make it a goal. One goal could be I need to talk to somebody new every day. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it's in my, like that. my entrepreneur class. I make them get up. and I say, all right, everybody get up and meet someone new. And you know what's funny is I did that for an entire semester. My entrepreneur class, I gave them 10 minutes to network at mm -hmm. the beginning of every class. And I would always say, get up and meet somebody new. And if I would see them talking to the person right beside them, I'd be like, get up and move around. Uh -huh. I know you know that person. And at the end of the semester, I did this every class for an entire semester. At the end of the semester, I challenged every one of them. I said, I'll give, I'll give you 100% grade right now if you can come up here and name everybody in the room. Nobody could do it. Interesting. That's a 15-week semester? Yeah. Basically? Twice a week. Wow. Now, think about that. Like, I would force them to get up and talk to every people mm -hmm. and, and learn something about them. And, hey, that's Joe. He likes to play soccer. Uh, he's a marketing major. Mm -hmm. And nobody could do it. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. That's a big deal, man. So did other students get wind of that? In future classes? They, so, you know, it's funny. Was there that, even an effort made? Or what's did, funny is I, I wanted to kind of spring it on them as part of the final. Mm -hmm. What I really wanted to do was I wanted to create a final where I, because if you go into the system, you can see your student roster and then all their pictures are there. Problem is not all the pictures are up to date, but mm -hmm. what I wanted to do is I wanted to take those pictures and create a multiple choice test and say, have the picture and say, who is this? And have four names, <laughs> right. right? I wanted to spring that on them as, uh -huh. as part of the final. I was, I was discouraged to doing that because, oh, really? well, because, well, you got to get permission to use their picture uh -huh. and this, that, and the other yeah. thing. And I was like, ah, oh, damn it. But, but I, I thought, what a cool kind of devious little thing to do to yeah. them. It's like, okay, I've been, get, I've been letting you network every day, yeah. twice a week for the whole semester. Here's your test. Go. Yeah, if you've been paying attention, it's obvious that I'm interested in you getting out there right. and meeting them. So, um, you I know, like that. To, to pull it back into what we're talking about is, you know, if you're a safety leader, you know, how well do you know people? Make that a goal, right? Because those relationships at the end of the day are going to benefit you tenfold when it comes down to implementing yeah. the COVID program. Because now I can walk up and say, hey, Doug, um, you know, we've been talking about this program. Do you have any concerns? Yeah, well, you know, I got this concern. Yeah, I know. I know you got a daughter that has issues. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, and you can address it because you already know the person mm -hmm. on, a, on a level that you can now articulate the why and you can context it to that person. But if you're rolling in the room with a bunch of strangers, right, now you're yeah. just shooting at the wall, hoping something sticks with them. Yeah, and, and, and obviously that is an integral part of trust. 100%. And programs like this 
COVID program that we're going to be dealing with You're here. You're going to need a lot of trust. Trust is going to be key. Yeah. And so. Both directions. You know, it's interesting because you, you know, my brother-in-law, Aaron, Jackie Palachek, the people that I've asked to come in and talk about leadership to a person have all mentioned just that simple thing, knowing people's names, you know, and, and what that spawns, you know, how that familiarity can lead to those other elements that we're so desperate for, trust, uh, communication, things like that, you know. So maybe if you don't, maybe that's something that we can put into our goals for 2022. I, uh, I recently had an experience in my gym where, You've been there. I've got a lot of students, mm-hmm. new people coming mm-hmm. all the time. So it's always a challenge, a new face, making sure you remember them. But we had one student, I wouldn't say disgruntled, but just maybe a little unhappy. And he had confided in one of my other coaches and made a comment, I don't even think anybody knows my name. And the mm-hmm. second I heard that, I was like, oh, we screwed up. Mm-hmm. Like we screwed up. On, on the most basic level, we yeah. screwed up. And it's not like any of us purposely ignored the person. Of course. Now, mind you, he, he's, he was the type of kid that was quiet, shy, would come in and leave, not really talk to anybody. Um, military kids, we'd disappear for a few weeks and then come back in. And so the type of person that easily falls through the cracks. But that's still our fault. Yeah. Right? 100% our fault. And I'm like, man, we messed that up. You know, every, every workplace has those people, too quiet ones, the ones that kind of keep to themselves. They're not part of a group. They just kind of just want to earn a living by themselves. Yeah, they yeah. sit out in their car over break or whatever. And you don't make those relationships. You don't make those connections. And those are probably people that we need to make a, a concerted effort to uh, interact with. Yeah, because it's not just a matter of you don't have a relationship with them. They probably don't have a relationship with anybody else in the company either. Yeah. They're that outcast. They're like, Oh, that's Aaron. That's that weirdo who goes eats by himself in the in his truck, right? Yeah. And that's as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, so they probably don't feel like they're a part of the team. They probably don't feel like they are connected. Um, and and they're just coming in, and you know, if I didn't show up, nobody would even know I wasn't here, right? Type of thing, right? And which is, which is not good, right? right. Uh, all around. And, well, from a trust and a retention standpoint, right? That's, that's a big issue, right? So. It's interesting. I mean, those are tangible goals. If you are interested in being a better leader uh, in your organization or in life in general, those are things that at least we can, you know, the self-reflection, the self-assessment, um, and going forward as leaders, these are things that are actually tangible that you can get your arms around and maybe go out there and make an effort to improve upon. So I think that's good advice, man. Um, and I think you should you should have your, your typical goals you need. Like you should have your, your goals for a number of incidents per year. You should have your sure. goals for, you know, reducing costs. You, you know, you should have all those typical business type of goals. Mm-hmm. But it's harder to set leadership goals because it's very intangible. Mm-hmm. It's that, that fuzzy logic. It's like, right. what does being a better leader mean? Yeah. I mean, nobody really has a solid concrete answer to everybody's answer is different. Right. Um, you know, you have to decide what kind of leader do I want to be? And and part of doing that is, okay, well, what do people think about me? Mm-hmm. How do they view me as a leader? And that's one of those things you have to start asking quite, you have to ask people, Hey, how, how, do, how am I doing? And how do you see me as a leader? How do you listen? see Yeah. 
that's a hard that's a hard task. And that could be a goal right there, a resolution. Yeah. Shut up and listen. Yeah, that's a good one. It's probably a resolution I should make. Just shut up and listen more. Me too. I agree. All right, man. Thanks for coming in. Did we kill the time already? I think we've killed the time. I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, again, Happy New Year, everyone. We intend to bring you as much information as possible to help you in your in your challenges with uh, workplace safety and health. So if you do have requests, if you do have questions, comments, uh, we'll even take criticism, although I don't take it well, but we'll even take some <laughs> criticism. You know how to get a hold of us. You know, um, good luck this year. I hope everyone has a good year. The mission is noble. You know, those employees that we're charged with taking care of deserve our best effort. So, and, and I would say, you know, be flexible this year. Yeah. Be flexible. Be compassionate. You know, this COVID thing's a moving target. Yeah. And and it's going to require a lot of degree of flexibility and understanding and, and growing pains. Everybody's right. frustrated, not just you. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks, man. Hey, guys, I want to do a small business spotlight for you. Um, we have been working recently with a company called Wicked OSHA. Uh, Brent Colvin and his team have come up with a really useful solution for safety and health management for small contractors. Uh, it is an app-based system that helps you develop and manage your safety programs, your training, your documentation. I know this is incredibly challenging for small businesses like roofing contractors, small specialty trade contractors, and frankly, anybody that has a mobile workforce, I think this would be incredibly useful. So go check out Wicked OSHA. It's at wickedosha.com and see if this might be something that you would be willing to give a shot. I think there is a free trial opportunity. And so um, in, in what I've seen of it, I think this is going to be incredibly useful. So go take a look at it. All right, guys. Um, thank you very much. We'll be talking to you again next week. Take care. I'll do my hair next time. Yeah, yeah, we'll look much better. I, I promise we'll look better next time. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Take it easy. A Huda Media Production.